As most of you know, I'm adopted. My Korean name was Park Il-Q, which means Lone Star or One Star. In Korea, you say your last name or your family name first. Um, if you watch uh, women's professional golf, which I know a ton of you do, uh, many of the players are from Korea. And you would realize that Park or Park or is a common Korean family name, I suppose like Johnson here in America or Smith. So when I was adopted, my parents kept my Korean family name as my middle name. So my full name is Andrew Park Vogel. Now in the first thing we hear about Abram, we know him as Abraham. However, this was before God had ratified a covenant with Abram. Often in the Bible, when a person is commissioned for a holy role, the person's name changes. You can think of Simon who becomes Peter, uh, Jacob who becomes Israel, and Saul who becomes St. Paul. Now a contract is an exchange of goods where as a covenant is an exchange of persons. So I can go to Target to buy some socks as I did the other day, I think that was mentioned in a previous homily. Uh, but I can go to Target and give them some money, or I guess these days at my credit card, and leave without getting arrested. We exchange goods. However, a covenant is an exchange of persons. God promises Abram descendants as numerous as the stars, and Abram gives himself back to God. Our first reading says, quote, Abram put his faith in the Lord, who credited it to him as an act of righteousness. When God ratifies the covenant, he, he comes at night. Our first reading says the sun had set and it was dark. God's presence appears as a smoking fire pot and flaming torch, which passes through the animal sacrifices that Abram had set out. God made his presence visible in the fire pot and the flaming torch. In the gospel, 99% of the time, Jesus looks like a regular human being. Now, Jesus is fully divine and fully human. Jesus is one divine person with two full natures, human and divine. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus walked the face of the earth in the Middle East, Jesus usually looked like any other human being. However, in the Transfiguration, Jesus' divinity is on display. Jesus takes his three best friends, Peter, John, and James, up a high mountain known as Mount Tabor. There is a beautiful church up there now, which is run and maintained by a Franciscan order that serves excellent pasta. I know this from personal experience. To climb this mountain is no small task. I mean, it probably took us 15 minutes and that was via bus. Uh, and the slope is pretty steep. I suppose if you climbed it on, uh, if you, on foot, as Jesus, James, and John, and Peter would have done, there probably would have been points of it where you would have had to crawl up on hands and feet. The view at the top is breathtaking. You can see for miles around. Now while up there, Jesus' divinity was made visible. St. Luke records that Jesus' face changes in appearance and his clothes become dazzling white. Moses and Elijah also appear. This is no small thing. Obviously, both of them have been dead for centuries. Moses represents the greatest lawgiver of the Old Testament, and Elijah represents the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Both the Old Testament law and prophecies all point to the Savior, all point to Jesus Christ. So Jesus, Moses, and Elijah are carrying on a conversation. 
They were talking about Jesus' impending passion, death, and resurrection. As per usual, the apostles are asleep as something monumental is happening. Peter, James, and John wake up from their slumber to see Jesus' divinity on full display. Luke records that they saw Jesus' glory. A cloud covers them, and God the Father says from the cloud, This is my chosen Son. Listen to Him. See Jesus as He truly is. The third person of the Trinity is God. The faith of Peter, James, and John are fortified for the coming torture, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, in the end, during the Holy Week, they all failed. James and John fled, and Peter denied Jesus three times. Before the Transfiguration, the three of them had professed their belief, especially Peter, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is God. But now here at Mount Tabor, their faith is fortified by seeing Jesus as He truly is, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. What they had professed with their mouth before, they could now see with their eyes. And if we aren't paying attention, we will miss the transfigurations in our own lives. Unless we look closely, we will miss the revelation of the presence of God in our lives. In so much of our lives, Jesus remains hidden. How does God want to reveal himself to you during this Lenten season? Maybe it's through a friend or a family member, through maybe a special prayer time. Maybe it's renewed in a deeper faith and understand the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. That yes, what appears as bread and wine has in fact in the consecration at Mass been changed, meaning its substance, its witness, has changed from bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, divinity of Jesus, even though the outward appearance hasn't changed. So even in the Eucharist, in Jesus' preeminent presence on earth, Jesus is hidden behind the appearance of bread and wine. These are the supernatural things our minds should be occupied with. St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, that some are conducting themselves are behaving as enemies of the cross of Christ. St. Paul says their minds are occupied by earthly things. But our citizenship is not on earth, but in heaven. If we say truth to this citizenship, we too will be glorified in our bodies. St. Paul said Jesus has changed our lowly bodies to be conformed with his glorified body. Jesus came to earth to take on our humanity, to that, so that through the cross, we can take on his divinity. God's presence is made visible to Abram, and his descendants are radically changed. God's presence is made visible to Peter, James, and John, and the transfiguration and their lives are radically changed. Maybe not right away, but definitely after the resurrection. Again, how does God want to make himself visible to you during this Lenten season? Is it through a friend or a family member? Is it through the kindness of a stranger? Maybe God's presence has been hidden from you. In what way does he want to be revealed to you? When we are aware of God's divine presence in our lives, it changes us. When we are aware of God's divine presence in our lives, we do what God the Father asked Peter, James, and John to do. We listen to Jesus. As we continue this Lenten journey, become more aware of Jesus' divine nature in our lives when he has been hidden before.
See Jesus in His Divine Presence more and more. When we are aware of His Divine Presence and listen to Jesus, then we will have great peace and joy.